I'm Leslie Jennings Rowley with a special edition of Lessons on the Roads Taken. My main objective of starting the Roads Taken podcast was to highlight the stories of my classmates as we travel down the road to our 25th college reunion, to reflect on who we were when we graduated, who we thought we'd be, and how we've traveled down various roads to get where we are today. I wanted to hit home the idea that regardless of the paths we've taken, we've still lived into these full lives. But at this time when so many young adults out there are wondering what their future will hold, I'm hoping that Roads Taken will also help others interested in living a full life and reflecting on what that means. Many of us remember thinking that the direction we would choose at the beginning of adulthood was so crucial because it would lock us into our future path leading either to success or not. Already in the first couple dozen episodes, featuring guests with drastically different stories about their time in business, with military, or education, or domestic life, some very clear themes are emerging. I thought today I'd pull out a bit of the wisdom that my guests up to now have shared when reflecting on their own journeys, particularly what they wish they'd known when they were younger, or what they might tell someone just starting out on their life's journey. So let's see what my friends have to say on their roads taken. When I sat down with Gabe Schlumberger, we talked about how he left college without a job and no training in the creative arts, but that he had decided he wanted to work at Pixar. With a bit of time at art school and a whole lot of persistence, he found his way in. While that was just the beginning of a career that has spanned a variety of areas and industries, he shared with us an animation metaphor for recognizing the difference between traveling toward a destination with a map that shows all the stops along the way and just hitting the road with the journey in mind. So there's really two ways to do animation. There's keyframe animation, or there is straight-ahead animation. So straight-ahead animation, you draw incremental pictures one after the other, and you know you sort of see where it goes. Or claymation is straight-ahead animation because you're moving things incrementally down a sort of uh, an intentioned path. Keyframe animation, you draw the sort of key beats or the key moments, um, and then then you draw the in-betweens, the moments in between. I think that you know, sort of retrospectively, everything looks like straight ahead animation, um, or for people who know from birth exactly what they want to do, it becomes a very straight linear path. But in retrospect, it makes a lot of sense that I started a kid's glasses company. That's right. Gabe found himself transitioning from animating at Pixar to interactive app design for Disney to eventually running a bespoke 3D printed eyewear company. And while he learned a lot in school about some of those things, it was mostly his entrepreneurial spirit, his creativity, and his life experiences that supported him on his journey and made his pivots possible. Classmate Zach Stein has similarly been guided by what has felt right rather than what was planned out. Though he'd built his own independent major in school, drawing from lots of different subjects because he didn't want to concentrate on just one thing, he ended up taking a consulting job after college that focused his energies in one sector and one type of work. He shared with us a story about finding himself sleeping under his desk late one night at his consulting job. I was actually um, working really late and so tired that I just I, I just needed to take a nap. So I actually went to sleep under my desk and then was woken up by the cleaning lady who poked me with her uh, vacuum cleaner. And she was really surprised because she wasn't expecting anyone in under her desk. And I realized, you know what, this is this is just crazy. What am I doing? And so at that point, I just said, all right, what do I love? What do I want to do with my life? So for the most part, I just said, well, that looks like fun. I want to go do that. And then I just go do that. (laughs) And that sounds like good advice. Find what looks fun and go do it. But sometimes that follow your bliss advice can be maddening if you're not built that way. 
Like Zach, my friend Dan Gonzalez had been careful not to lock himself into one particular area, but wasn't feeling successful in any of the myriad jobs he tried. He then heeded the advice of follow your passion and went back to music school, only to realize it wasn't passion that would make him happy. It was purpose. Of course, you hear this a lot. You know, advice to younger people is find your passion and then pursue that. And I, I was kind of confused because there was nothing that was like screaming out at me like, wow, this is really a passion of mine. Of course, you and I both know a lot of people who have had a clear passion. You know, my good friends is a doctor and is, is passionate about it and, and knew that passion from before he entered college, right? And I was always envious of that in people, right? I wanted to to like have that that passion for a job or for a career path and just never felt it. Um, so I guess if I wish back then, I would have just invested in the work because I do think you can find the purpose or the drive for like doing something meaningful and excellent in any job that you have, right? So it's kind of job or industry agnostic. That purpose comes from you, not from the job or from the industry. As I said, while all my roads taken guests have traveled different paths, often we find ourselves talking about the same things. We talk about following our passion and acknowledge both the perils and the potential of that concept. We talk about aligning our lives' choices with our values. We question prevalent definitions of success and societal expectations. All of those topics came up in my conversation with my friend Janine DeBenedetto Graham, who, while raising two small sons, went back to school for her doctorate in education and wrote a dissertation on the elements of human effectiveness and the success metrics for fulfillment in life. What was commonly reported was status, income, those markers of success, and where my, my dissertation was very different than other sets of research is I was really looking at um, well-being. I was looking at how well, how happy is this human in the world? Because I think through my journeys, I've seen lots of very successful people who are truly miserable. Um, and that's not success to me. That actually, that is not. Once I realized that success, the way it had been measured for me, was not actually how I measured success, it gave me license to really focus on the things that matter to me, which is my relationships, my family, my friends. And I feel like I'm much more intentional about that than I ever was. Really focusing on those things that I know lead to well-being, focusing on my gratitude journal, exercise, sleeping, all the things that I didn't do so well when I was a younger person and much less happy. But those external markers, the money, the fame, the titles, are so alluring, particularly when we're young. Michelle Villalobos shared with us her story from living large within the Miami publishing and entertainment scene to hitting rock bottom and finally realizing that sometimes you need to quiet the outside noise and listen more carefully inside to get to what really matters. I asked Michelle what she might have told her younger self to make her journey easier to take. I, you know, I, it's gonna, it's a little trite, but like what I would have told her and like really, really like looked into her eyes and like shaken her and just been like, be true to yourself, you know, be true to yourself, live your truth, you know, like really check in. Learn. I guess the advice I would have given her is learn to know, learn to check in with your own heart in your own self before checking in with everybody else to get advice and ideas and, you know, just who are, learn who you are. Like if I could have gotten her to do that, I think the journey would have been more enjoyable. 
And while you do need to look inside and learn who you are, it's the connections with others that also shape us. In my conversation with Pace Duckenfield, who's had a long military career since leaving college filled with opportunities for lifelong learning, he talked about how the experiences he's had in life and the people he's interacted with have had a huge impact on him. Even though you're going to a school and you're primarily focusing on higher levels of education, um, most things you learn in life, even as wonderful as books and knowledge and things are, are, are don't come from books. I learn more from all my experiences and particularly um, places I never thought I'd be like when I was in Iraq the second time on an advisor team and we're working with Iraqis and going around different places. And then you're like, okay, I'm getting shot at and there are rockets and people are, you know, are dying and so forth. And literally, you know, you don't know if you're going to make it. So that purity of thought, um, there are people that I met that I would never have come across from different, all parts of the country. And, and you have completely different um, backgrounds, people with completely different um, political philosophies, and, it, and all that didn't matter because, um, you know, you had a gunner in your truck who was protecting you, you were protecting them, you're on the radio, and you're moving around, and you come back alive, and uh, you have a bond with people, and you might not talk to them for years, but you pick up the phone, and it's like it was yesterday. So that, that's my biggest takeaway. We, you, we learn from each other, and people and experiences more than we learn from books. Not only can we learn from others, our lives can often expand because of the interactions we have with people. Fiona Danks reflected on the doors that were open to her future as an Arctic specialist and conservation biologist and how keeping up with connections can matter. Follow up with connections of people that you meet, because it's often these random things that make your future, like meeting, you know, David Klein, this professor that I met at Dartmouth, and then did my master's, and that changed my whole next you know, 20 years or more. Um, so do pay attention to those to those connections. And if you meet someone who who has ideas or is good to talk with or who is encouraging or supports you, those things are really important. So of course, you can you can apply to things out of the blue and you know you can get them. Absolutely, we all have to do that as well. Um, but actually paying attention to those um, occurrences and random incidences, I think it's really important. Sometimes it's easy to reach out to those connections with a hello or a fun update. But again, sage wisdom from Janine Graham reminds us that it's just as important, perhaps even more so, to reach out when you need help. When I think about some of the most challenging moments in my life, I think it would have been really helpful if somebody had said to me, accept help, accept support. It doesn't make you less capable. You know, there was that strong sense of insecurity that permeated so much of my younger life that accepting help when I needed it just seemed like it was a sign of weakness. And in retrospect, I think it would have actually turbocharged my relationships and the things that I clearly now value at 46 that maybe at 26 weren't, didn't seem as important to me as climbing the corporate ladder or whatever I felt like I was needing to be doing. So I didn't accept help, and I was really lonely and really sad. And I'm sad about that. That that didn't need to happen. And there will be times when you need help, as we all have. Hopefully, you're building a network to be there to support you. But Chris Newell reminded us that there's an element to self-love that can't be underestimated. 
don't forget about yourself. Don't forget to love yourself and don't ever stop believing in yourself because that's how success is made. If you don't love yourself, it's hard to love others and it, it's hard to um, find out what you're really all about. Uh, you know, and you understand that we're all human beings. We all do things uh, that, uh, you know, we regret or, uh, you know, or mistakes are made. Uh, the important part is not when we're down to allow ourselves to kick ourselves when we're down, but to pick ourselves back up. Sarah McAllister Wolfley, who had an early intense experience in international nonprofit work and then went the corporate route, realized her soul needed filling in other ways. She found her way back to the mountains of her native Colorado, but she still questioned her choices. Like Chris, she too has realized that being kind to ourselves is a great challenge, but a great gift. So even just to get into Dartmouth, you're obviously fairly hard on oneself. Um, and like I said, and then getting there and questioning you know, should I really be here? Do I really belong academically? Um, you know, was I given a break because I'm from Colorado? You know, I should have just like not dwelled on that for as long as I did. Like, who cares? Give yourself a break. If that's what it took, that's what it took. You're still here. You know, enjoy it more. I went through a few years of little Ivy League guilt. Like I got this really expensive degree and what am I doing with it? I'm selling real estate. You don't even have to have like a high school diploma to sell real estate. <laughs> you know, like... I have had that conversation with a lot of stay-at-home mom friends, too, that have Ivy League education. Like, what am I doing with it? What did I, you know, did I take someone else's place that could be solving world peace had they had my education? Um, but no, I think I would just want that 21, 22-year-old to just be a little more tender with herself. One element of that tenderness is giving yourself time and space. The world can seem to pull us in too many directions. So often my guests will talk about how hard the tension can be between future planning and being present. Betsy Miller, an accomplished litigator, leader in legal education, and a fitness instructor, had this to say about balance. I think it's really important to find some balance in life and to live a healthy life. You have to make hard choices about what do you let go of, what do you preserve, and what do you build the capacity to let emerge? Because there's no room to let anything emerge if you're already stuffed up to your eyeballs. Along with making room for what's important, there's one final thought that many of us still seem to struggle with. Fiona Danks again reminds us that you can still work hard and strive for excellence, but that perfection is another thing. Don't be so hard on yourself or don't strive for such utter perfection. Because I think you can work hard and be determined and, you know, and be really good. And that's enough. And you can still find opportunities and create a path for yourself without needing to be just right and just perfect. That bears repeating. You can create a path for yourself without needing to be just right and just perfect. And that's the point of the Roads Taken podcast. We want you to know that whatever road you're on, whether you're just starting out or have been weaving around for decades, you're not alone in having an adventurous journey. To hear more from any of the guests highlighted in today's show, visit roadstakenshow.com or go wherever you go to get your podcasts. And join us each Monday as we speak with another traveler on this journey on Roads Taken. Roads Taken.